heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Thursday, March the 4th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Thursday NHL card. It is a loaded slate of NHL action on this Thursday. Ten games to break down. Ever so briefly, going to mention what we saw uh, last night. The uh, Leafs, of course, taking advantage of the Oilers again. Uh, another pillar to post beatdown of the Oilers, sweeping those three games in Edmonton, outscoring Edmonton 13-1. to in the three games, and Connor McDavid held without a point zero, a big old fat goose egg on the score sheet for Connor McDavid in those three games uh, against uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. A stunning defensive display from them last night. Uh, Colorado did what I expected them to do, bounce back uh, with a, a nice performance against the San Jose Sharks. They dug in defensively even without McCarr and Byram still on the blue line. Much better performance uh, from the Colorado Avalanche last night uh, in their victory uh, against uh, the San Jose Sharks. So those are some of the games that stuck out. Just uh, briefly, we want to try to incorporate the night before uh, on this show on a daily basis moving forward just to give you a little bit of a thumbnail on some of the observations, things we saw. But definitely the highlight and the headline coming out of last night is this uh, this Leafs team, I'll tell you what, none, the, the funny thing is none of this is going to matter, Alex, if they have another first-round playoff exit. They're not. Yeah. Nobody's going to shits that you just yeah. steamrolled the Edmonton Oilers in three straight in the early part of March if you're going to go out with a whimper again in the first round of the playoffs uh, later this spring. But I'll tell you what, right now, uh, very impressed with this team. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, Terry Edelman, the resident Minnesota Wild fan in the chat. Uh, not a good night for the uh, Wild, and I was worried about that because I had a small bet on Minnesota, but I, I'll, I I, admit I was worried that maybe they let that first game against Vegas get away and they weren't going to get that second game back. And sure enough, Vegas was sharper. Vegas was better from the opening faceoff, and as a result, they uh, do away with Minnesota 5-1 last night. Alex, what are some of your thoughts and takeaways from last night? Well, yeah, I was going to start with that game. You know, I mentioned it on the show yesterday that you know I leaned with Minnesota – uh, in that spot as a plus price, but I was going to wait and play it in game. And I'm grateful that I did because uh, I was able to grab that live over five and a half at plus 150. Uh, like I said, it wasn't, you know, thanks to the wild, though, it was all Vegas pretty much to get the uh, two goals late in the third and win five to one. But like you said, you know, it's something that we see often with teams when they have five win streaks of five or more, 
that first game they lose, especially if they're all still on the road, they tend to kind of lose that second game. And, you know, just it, it, it's kind of the deflating process. And then once they you know get back home or play another opponent, things kind of turn around. So uh, I wasn't stunned by that. Uh, you know, the 2-1 finish uh, with Washington and, and Boston, I thought that was a game that we were going to see a ton of goals. And, you know, it was just great goaltending, honestly, between Vanacek uh, and Tuka Rask. Uh, you know, there were plenty of chances and a couple of goals that were called back as well, I remember. Uh, in that first period. So that game, you know, looked like it was going to go over, but, uh, you know, when you have two top tier goalies, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, it can look, look as, you know, good as of a number as it is. And then uh, the goalies, you know, say otherwise. So uh, interesting night. And you had Arizona uh, with LA. I lost on that one. I had the Kings and, you know, like I said, I should have gone against that trend that I saw with uh, Auntie Ranta. He's now six Oh and one with three shutouts against the LA Kings in his career. Uh, he was absolutely sensational, made 40 saves, uh, LA, I mean, they were firing the puck. They, they outshot them almost by a two one margin in that game, but, uh, it was Ronto who stood on his head and it was absolutely brilliant. So, uh, you know, I was able to cash a couple of live plays, uh, in that game as well. So that's the thing. Sometimes when you see a, a, you know, a top player or a, a side that's losing or total losing, use end game to adjust and, and minimize the loss. If you can, uh, you, you know, I was able to get a, a next to goal score prop. And if I had one more goal, uh, I would have had to live over in that too, and it would have pretty much, you know, been a wash. So, uh, you know, that's something I've done this year, where you know, not only just trying to add extra profit with these live plays, but I've also sometimes minimized the loss on a on a play or read that I had wrong uh, going pregame. That's a great point. I mean, especially yeah, you realize, and that's the way betters and handicappers should, you know, think and go through that process where. Okay, my pregame read wasn't, you know, what I expected it to be. It, the things didn't play out the way my pregame analysis and handicap of the game, uh, the way I expected. Let's make the adjustment. Let's watch, use the eye test, watch the game, see if we can come up with something live in game. And you're right. And you turned, but you know, it could have been a, a a tough result from that game with the LA bet, and you turned it into something, you know, better and turned and was were able to profit with a couple of live in game wagering opportunities. So, yeah, that is a great point, and and, that, and that's the brilliance, I guess you could say, of the in-game live betting marketplace is you have that opportunity and that ability to, you know, if you didn't get something right in your pregame analysis of a certain game, you watch the game. Oh, this team's really uh, taking it up to them offensively. I didn't see that coming. And you can make a live bet based on what you've seen to that point. And, and uh, that is a very good point, something to take advantage of for sure. Uh, when uh, you're uh, handicapping these games and you see things aren't starting off or going the way you expected them to uh, early in the game. So a great discussion about last night, but time to turn the page, move on to Thursday. We've got 10 games, huge slate. Uh, let's get it going right now. We'll start with the uh, rematch in the Keystone State rivalry, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. we got the Flyers about minus 120 uh, road favorites in that range. The total six once again uh, in this one, the Penguins did what I was kind of worried they would do. Uh, the other night against Philadelphia. First game uh, without Sidney Crosby stepping up the entire team uh, and got the job done uh, in that victory against the uh, Flyers, uh, a solid win for Pittsburgh. Now I think the shoe's on the other foot a little bit. I think Philadelphia probably in a good bounce back spot here uh, in this game. Brian Elliott, by the way, back in net tonight for the Flyers and hard to argue with that. He has been very solid for the uh, Flyers. In fact, lately, dare I say it, it's been a little bit better than Carter Hart. You know, it's not like the Carter Hart's been brutal, but Brian Elliott's been solid. They have a five and one record now with him uh, in between the pipes. Uh, Philadelphia, we talked about it previously. They're fully healthy. They've pretty much got all their key forwards, key weapons, key offensive uh, producers back in the lineup again. 
And I think they're in a good bounce back spot here uh, in this hockey game tonight. So I went ahead and laid the buck 20 with the Flyers. And I'm also going to get back on the over here in this game with the Penguins and Flyers being just one over Fiesta after another. When these two teams collide, it's been heavily trended over the total. It cashed another over with these two teams the other night, and I think we'll get another one here. So I'm on Philly and over the total in this one. Alex, what's your thoughts? Flyers, Penguins. Yeah, I'm on Philly as well. I grabbed uh, minus twenty about maybe an hour ago. And uh, like you said, you know Brian Elliott's playing much better, I would say, uh, than Carter Hart at the moment. Uh, and I'll make that adjustment in my goalie rankings. It's pretty much, uh, I would say, almost the same kind of price uh, right now, or at least maybe a, a slight price difference between the two. But, you know, Hart has struggled on the road. Uh, we talked about that for a while now. He's now 3-3-1 three, three and one on the road. So, you know, it makes sense to go, obviously, with the you know, just in a back-to-back scenario with Elliott anyway. But Elliott's the guy, I think even when they go back home, they need to, you know, perhaps give Elliott the next start as well uh, because he's been, you know, playing just that much better. And Pittsburgh's a team that, like I said, been kind of hard for them to string together wins. And now maybe tonight is when they feel uh, the absence of Sidney Crosby a bit more than in the last game where he said, you know, everybody kind of, you know, had that next man up mentality. Uh, you know, some of those guys like Brian Rust and Kasperi Kapanen, you know, we saw a score, you know, you don't expect those guys to just put up a goal and assist every single night. I mean, they're solid uh, in their own right, but, you know, they could take a step back here. So I like uh, the Flyers here, uh, money line. All right, Alex and I both liking the Flyers here. Money line minus 120 uh, in this uh, Keystone State rivalry matchup. Detroit and Carolina, we've got the Hurricanes. Minus 300 road favorites. Uh, not a cheap one to three if you want to lay it with Carolina here. Five and a half the total. Uh, overshaded at minus 120 in this game. Look, it is a gigantic. And I don't know if I'm – I don't think this is hyperbole. I don't think this is understating it. This is a gigantic flat spot for Carolina. Look at the grueling road with good, tough teams, big games that they've played lately. They played Tampa a bunch. They played Florida uh, a bunch. They had a game against Nashville on the road that they took care of business and won. And now you're back home and you're playing the lowly uh, you know, Detroit Red Wings who are starting to look like the bottom feeder. And after weeks of you know putting up a good fight here and there, the Red Wings, man, they've just had their brains beat in a couple games in a row here, Chicago and Columbus and these back-to-back losses uh, that they've suffered. It's a dubious spot for Carolina, but I can't back Detroit against the, the far inferior team scuffling mightily right now. Uh, Thomas Grice has had a dreadful season. Uh, and I, I don't know if he'll be back in net. I think you could see Bernier, but it is Alex Nedeljkovic confirmed for Carolina. And this kid's getting better. There is no doubt. There is improvement being made in Alex Nedeljkovic's game. And he's getting the uh, even amount of starts now with Reimer. And in fact, I think Rod Brindamore is starting to, you know, lean a little bit more toward giving Nedeljkovic even more rope, even more games uh, in between the pipes for this Hurricanes team. And he's earned it uh, in my mind. And uh, he's played well. He played really well in his last start for the Hurricanes against Florida. Uh, he's the main reason they were able to win that game in overtime. Uh, I'm impressed. We know Niederreiter, Svechnikov, Ajo, uh, Trocek, my goodness, how good has he been as well for the Carolina Hurricanes? So, yeah, the spot's very tricky. I want no part of Carolina laying that price, but I don't want uh, equally want no part of Detroit at all. Uh, so for me, this is just a game. Stay away. Uh, Carolina probably wins, but hard to find the value. What do you think here, Alex? Red Wings, Hurricanes. Yeah, if you want to attack this game, this is definitely one to look uh, with live rager, and that's probably the only thing I would recommend. Uh, if anything at all, like you said, this looks to be a flat spot for Carolina, but there's no way you can back Detroit right now uh, with the way that, that they've played. Also, these two teams did split 
uh, the first two meetings back in the beginning of the season uh, when they faced one another. So, you know, it was a bit of a, I guess you could say a slight revenge angle for Carolina. They lost the second of that meeting, uh, but that was a, a while ago. So, you know, it's just you want to kind of read and see what happens in the first maybe five or ten minutes and then make a play from there. But I'm going to stay away from this game altogether. All right, we got Winnipeg and Montreal. Remember, these two teams met in Winnipeg just last week. Now we're getting the return series with the Jets and the Habs in Montreal. We've got Montreal minus 155 to minus 160 home favorites. Total five and a half shade of the over. Man, do I want to take Winnipeg here. I really do. I mean, this price is kind of crazy, to be honest. I know Montreal's at home, uh, and I know uh, they, they got to win the other night against Ottawa. But, boy, I mean, Winnipeg just beat them twice in Winnipeg. And, yeah, revenge, you could say. But, boy, for a Montreal team that just fired their coach, and there's a reason for that, they haven't played the greatest of hockey. Like, are we really going to all of a sudden say a, a win against Ottawa and all of a sudden things are A-OK again here in Montreal? It's, it's just shocking to me that they're laying that kind of price. I haven't bet Winnipeg yet, but, man, alive am I tempted. I mean, to be, to be honest with you, plus 140 here with this team, and I was on Winnipeg as a best bet the other night, bounce back performance for them against Vancouver. Um, they're playing solid hockey. I know people, and rightfully so, people are questionable about this Jets blue line. Okay, it, it, that's the weakness for them. It, it's, you know, Josh Morrissey is capable, but they've got a lot of youngsters back there, Logan Stanley, uh, and, and it's just a blue line that's, you know, trying to get themselves some more cohesion, and sometimes they're susceptible to some breakdowns and gas, but who the hell isn't, you know, at times in the NHL? And when they have had those breakdowns, they've got the goaltenders, you know, Hellebuck, Vesna Trophy winner, Brossois, when he's had the net this year, he's been very good. So to me, there's a lot to be proven here for Montreal. Very interesting, and I, I'm pleasantly surprised by this if I'm a Montreal fan, that Jake Allen's going to be in net. So maybe Dominic Ducharme is going to be back and forth with these two guys, Carey Price and Jake Allen, and say, you know what? Now that I'm the head coach, I'm going to let you guys dictate who should get the majority of the starts moving forward. You're going to be the guys that figure that out based on performance, based on merit. So maybe uh, uh, Ducharme is going in that direction. That would be nice to see, as I think Jake Allen has earned the right to at least compete for more starts for this Montreal Canadiens team, and we'll see if he's uh, able to get the job done. There's no, this is not a back-to-back -back, uh, between these two teams. They don't play again until Saturday. So this is legitimately a decision by Dominic Ducharme that, hey, I'm going to give Allen the start. Maybe I'll go back and forth between Price and Allen. And whoever plays better is probably going to get more starts down the road. So uh, very interesting. I'm pleasantly surprised that he went this direction with his goaltending. But uh, I haven't bet it yet, but don't expect, expect it maybe to be added to the card in just a bit, especially if there's some more money that comes in on Montreal. I know they got the win against Ottawa. They're playing with revenge. But I don't know if they should be laying this number. In fact, I'm pretty confident they shouldn't be laying this kind of price uh, in this game. So definitely in Winnipeg here. Alex, what do you think? Jets, Canadians. Yeah, the only way I would be looking here would be Winnipeg. You look, like you said, Montreal, okay, one win against Ottawa. It's not going to you know turn everything around. They're still out. Uh, Josh Anderson is listed as out for tonight as well. So that's a, uh, you know, a big factor. Uh, you know, he's been, was contributing. Uh, pretty heavily to the offense. And like you said, the fact that it's Jake Allen and that instead of Carey Price, this is Carey Price. I think we all would be you know running to the window right now to, to take Winnipeg, but uh, just a, a little bit hesitant uh, because Allen has been playing, you know, much better than Price as of late. So uh, he said this might be a, a late ad if, if you can get a you know, better price, maybe even one that you watch, uh, you know, and, and look for something, you know, in game, uh, you know, in the first five minutes, like you said, sometimes you could, and that's something you, you can do too, especially with a more so with a favorite, but, but even with an underdog where 
you know, say let's say it closes at 130, you might be able to get up to 140, 145 if the pace is, is leaning toward Montreal's favor, but they aren't doing anything, then you could jump and get, you know, 10 cents higher uh, live for the full game on, on Winnipeg. So that's something to, you know, use their advantage with, with live betting too. It's not always just looking for, you know, a change in, in pace, but you can just get a better price early if you like something with a side or a total. Yeah, that's definitely sound advice for sure if you're going to get involved uh, in the live betting market. We bring in our colleague, Jimmy Murphy, who's uh, joined us here on the Ice Guys Show. Jimmy, welcome in. What do you think here? Winnipeg, Montreal. Is Montreal overpriced here? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, they, they've got to win more uh, for, for me to think that that's not overpriced right now. they got to still prove their stripes here. And, uh, you know, I don't think they're out of the woods by any means yet. I mean, let's face it, guys, they still only won 2-1 to one over the Ottawa Senators. And uh, they made a goalie in his first game. Uh, you know, look like a superstar. They're lucky they still won. If they, if, if what's his name, who was it, Gabranson doesn't take that stupid penalty and, and give them that two goal swing, you know, like with those power plays, Ottawa probably wins that game. So uh, I don't think they're out of woods. I, I, I just wouldn't touch this game right now. I'm with Alex. Maybe something you look at live, but right now, uh, even the over under, if it was six, I would go under, but at five and a half, I'm, I'm just going to stay away. All right, we got the Florida Panthers and Nashville Predators next. Actually, you know what? We've got 7 o'clock games down at the bottom of the rotation, so we'll do those. I like to go in order of the start time. So uh, Buffalo, uh, New York Islanders. We've got the Islanders minus 185 home favorites. Uh, the total, five here in this game, shaded to the over. People catching on. Odds makers, betters alike catching on. The Buffalo can't put a puck in the ocean right now. It's just been a brutal run for them offensively. They lose the other night uh, to the Rangers 3-2. to two. I mean, they've been held to 0-1, two goals in the majority of their recent games. Uh, Jimmy talked about it the other day on the show. Uh, Jack Eichel's kind of uh, looking for his way out. I think a Buffalo and the Sabres may uh, capitulate to that and maybe get a trade done for uh, Jack uh, Eichel before the uh, deadline. But look, he's done not much. He finally scored the other night against the Rangers, but not enough to get his team the victory. Taylor Hall's been just non-existent. Can't find him with a telescope on the ice offensively right now uh, for this team. Uh, it's just been a mess. And they're five-on-five five offense. Like, if they don't score on the power play, they don't score at all. That's Buffalo season right there. Uh, they're facing the Islanders. The Islanders dummied them in Buffalo. Like, it was uh, just recently they played in Buffalo a couple times, and the Islanders were just uh, all over them, uh, shut them down completely. Uh, like Alex had a rough, rough beat the other night with the Islanders on the puck line. I'm going to be on the Islanders on the puck line here tonight, and hopefully I avoid that kind of shenanigan late in the game. That was rough. You deserved a better fate if you had the Islanders puck line against New Jersey uh, the other night. But I think they can win this game by two goals or more. They beat Buffalo twice by margin uh, the last couple times they played them in Buffalo. Uh, I think they're able to get the job done here. I think Buffalo actually did beat them once in, uh, Long, in Brooklyn or Long Island as well. Uh, earlier this season, but I just think Buffalo is just in a absolute free fall, absolute tailspin. The price is reasonable here. It's about plus 140 to plus 145 with the Islanders laying the goal and a half. That's what I'm doing here in this game. Alex, what do you think here? Sabres, Islanders. Yeah, I'm going to go with that as well. The Islanders on the puck line. Like you said, you know, the bad beat the other night, but, you know, this is a, a New Jersey team that's a little bit better where Buffalo is just, like you said, they're in a tailspin. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I don't like to use the term auto phase that often, but they're getting really close, if not on that spot at this point. I, like I said, if they move, once they move Eichel, uh, that might actually be the, the point where you just, you know, like I said, find some kind of way to bet against them, be it team total, puck line, 
money line, anything, just whoever they're playing. So they're getting close to that mark. And like I said, I'll go with the, the puck line here. I feel a little more comfortable with the Islanders cashing that uh, even than they did the other night. And that's the thing, too. If we get later in the season and Buffalo is still struggling and they keep losing and then they dismantle the team at the trade deadline and trade a bunch of guys, you're not going to be laying any sort of, you know, you're not going to be uh, getting any sort of decent price to lay against this Buffalo Sabres team. You're going to have to look in those alternative methods like, a, you know, an alternative puck line, a team total. You know, you're going to have to look at those derivative markets because, you know, we're already starting to see they're starting to price Buffalo like a uh, disaster right now. What are they? Minus 185 at this point in this game probably could only go up from here. But uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Buffalo Islanders. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, Jimmy puck line on this one for sure. And yeah, let's just fade against the Sabres right now. They had just, it, it's kind of tough to watch really. I mean, I'm not, I mean, it's probably worse when you're in Buffalo, but it's tough to watch from afar right now because they are just an organization that's falling apart. Well, I guess they were already falling apart, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. So uh, it looks like a consensus here. Ice guys consensus. Islanders puck line here, minus one and a half, plus one four. It's amazing the Pagulas, Terry and Kim. You see everything they're doing right with the Bills and say, hmm, maybe we should do stuff like that with the Sabres. I guess they haven't clued in on that yet. Uh, maybe it's like <laughs> what works in football doesn't work in hockey. But it's amazing <laughs> they, both, they own both of those teams. When you're seeing just how the Bills have done it right from top to bottom, for the last you know three, four years, solid GM, good head coach, stable foundation, family atmosphere, an inclusive atmosphere with the Bills. I mean, everybody says that it's like a family environment. And then the Sabres, it's like we're getting treated like dog shit and, and all this, this uh, stories you're hearing and, uh, you know, bad management, bad trades, you know, bad on-ice product, bad performance. Uh, it's just unbelievable to see the polar opposites, the Bills football team and the Sabres hockey team in the same city owned by the same two people. Uh, pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah, but it was it was pretty much a flip-flop of that, you know, if you go back 15, 20 years ago. I mean, you know, the Sabres were winning. They made it, you know, they were always in the playoffs, made it to a cup final. Uh, yeah. and, and the Bills were the team that kind of just, you know, was dwindling, you know, kind of riding on that, you know, the four years that they went to Super Bowl and lost. Uh, and things kind of fell apart for them. So it's kind of interesting how both franchises really have turned uh, since the turn of the century, to, to be honest. It's kind of, uh, you know, a, a bit strange. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that tells you you're not always going to get it right with it, it with, as an owner, of, if, especially if you're an owner of multiple teams. Uh, difficult to do that. Um, next up, Rangers Devils. We've got the Rangers slight road favorites here, minus 110, minus 115 road favorites, total five and a half, five, depending on where you look here uh, in this game. Uh, Devils have really hit the wall a little bit. Uh, it's had been a rough uh, stretch of hockey for them. Really tough offensively to find goal scoring lately. And Nico Hishi are downgraded doubtful uh, for the game tonight. That's a concern. The captain of the Devils already having trouble lately scoring goals. And now you could be without Nico Hishi or your newly minted captain. It's not going to make things easier. I think there might be an opportunity now. I, look, they only beat Buffalo, okay, uh, the Rangers the other night. That you know, There is some truth to that. It's not like they beat a world beater. But the Rangers have had a pulse lately. You know, they, they, they battled uh, Philadelphia. Uh, they hung tough with Boston. They beat up Boston, actually, in the first game against the Bruins, and then the Bruins got him back. But I'm starting to see a little sign of life with the Rangers. I like the way Shesterkin's played lately. I don't like the way the Devils are trending. They're not finding any offense right now. I like the Rangers here. It's, again, this is now a price that you may not have gotten Rangers versus Devils because everybody was sky high on the Rangers coming into the season. This is a pretty good price here, I think, considering, you know, if the Rangers get off to a really good start this season, 
and the Devils maybe don't quite do what they did for a period of time. Rangers could be laying a buck 30 or 40 in this game, not around even money. So I like the Rangers here, minus 115 in that price range. And I would lean under the total as well. It's just difficult to take New Jersey over right now with the problems they're having finding the back of the net. Alex, uh, what do you think here, Rangers, Devils? It's a complete stay away game for me. Like I said, you know, this is a game that looked like it would trend to the under uh, based on the numbers, and especially, like I said, with how. Uh, lethargic we've seen the scoring be for New Jersey but then you look at the track record between these two teams 10-1-1 and in the over the last 12 meetings so you know this is a, a rivalry matchup after all so you know maybe you know these two teams could wake up and, and bring the best out of each other and, and have a high scoring game but uh, I'm not going to stick around and, and bet anything to find that out so I'm going to pass on the side of total. Yeah, usually when it comes to that, like with the Philly-Pittsburgh, you know, you've got the series history that says over, but at least with Philly and Pittsburgh, they've been scoring lately. So that's why I went with the over in, in those with those two teams. With these two teams, yeah, you have the series history going over, but the Rangers aren't still lighting it up and the Devils just aren't doing much at all offensively. So it's much more difficult for me to just bank on the over and the Rangers devils based on the series history. When the current form says these are two teams that are generally involved in lower scoring games and not exactly lighting it up offensively nightly. Uh, what do you think here, Jimmy, New York, New Jersey. I'm, I'm with Alex on this. This is a game I'm going to pass on. I might look at it live and, and see how it's going and, and follow that along. But right now, I mean, I, I just can't handle the way they are. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't see our comments are coming up now on the, uh, from the YouTube. Pretty cool. Uh, that was actually an uh, accident on my part. Accident. Oh, okay. <laughs> you look good. Not that Terry didn't make a good comment there, but it's like that. Yeah. Beautiful. Um. Anyhow, but yeah, this is just one of those games you can't tell. I mean, yes, they go over a lot, but you know, you make a good point there, Ian. Uh, it, it's just tough to tell in the immediate what they might do. Yeah, definitely. All right, back now to the game I was going to talk about a few minutes ago: Florida and Nashville. We've got Florida uh, minus one thirty. Uh, to minus 135 road favorites here in Music City, total five and a half. You know where I'm going in this game, guys. You already know. You didn't even have to uh, tune into the show to figure out what I'd like in this game. What have we seen from Nashville? What have we seen from them against any kind of good team this year? Not a whole lot. You know, they get blown out by Tampa. The one game, that, and they actually beat Florida once in Florida, and it was that miracle comeback game. Uh, that was it, and they beat up on – they've won some games against Detroit's. They've won some games against uh, Chicago. They've won some games against Columbus, who were struggling when they played the Jackets. And then they played Carolina, really good team the other night, and they're down 3 nothing in the second period. I don't want Nashville against any kind of good team. I don't think they can beat good teams. I don't think they're good enough to beat good teams. And Florida now, I believe, for the first time this year, is off consecutive losses uh, in a row. Two losses in a row for the first time all year for Florida – but they should have won that last game. Uh, that was a steal. That was a theft by Alex Nedeljkovic uh, for Carolina uh, in that game the other night against the uh, Hurricanes, uh, the game that Carolina won in overtime. They were only in that game because of Alex Nedeljkovic. They had over 40 shots on goal in that game. Uh, Florida deserved a better fate uh, in that one. Uh, I think they take care of business here uh, against the uh, Nashville uh, Predators. Minus 130, reasonable uh, chalk to lay here with the uh, Panthers better team Nashville. Again, we saw what they did against Carolina, any kind of good team. They're not stepping up in class all that well. And it can't be good for the dressing room and John Hines team either that you're hearing Arvidsson and trade rumors, Forsberg and trade rumors, Granlin and trade rumors right now for this team uh, that, you know, they're looking to maybe break this thing up a little bit. That's not good for keeping people's believing that, Hey, let's make a run here. Uh, that doesn't 
bode well for that kind of belief. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Florida, Nashville. Yeah, I'm on Florida. I got regulation plus a dollar five earlier today, that, and I almost took the the puck line, but I wanted to play it a little bit safer uh, and just get the plus price out of that. But he said this is a Nashville team that's completely in, in disarray right now, and uh, you know you can't trust them to beat any team that's not named Detroit or Columbus. Uh, so basically, you know, it's, like I said, it's a, a Florida team that's got a good offense off of back-to-back losses. Bobrovsky and that, I think this is a, a good sign moving forward with Florida. So I like them to win in regulation. Yeah, and I don't mind Bobrovsky being a net. He's playing really much better. His last two or three starts, he's been a whole lot better in net after some struggles early this year. And we know last year he was t- not very good. Uh, but Sergei Bobrovsky, goalie Bob, uh, as I like to call him, uh, is starting to come around here for Florida to play better. And again, this Nashville offense is not exactly uh, the 80s Oilers uh, or the 90s Penguins or any of those great offensive teams we've seen in the past. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Florida, Nashville? Jimmy Puckline on the Panthers here, brother. I like them to take care of business easily. And I, I would lean on, on the total, too. I would lean to the under, actually. Uh, like you said, Bobrovsky's starting to find his groove, and that's a good sign for the Panthers. All right, good stuff here. So, uh, Panthers puck line, second puck line uh, bet of the show here for uh, Jimmy uh, in this one. So, yeah, I mean, we're all in the same boat. I mean, you get you put Nashville up against one of these uh, better teams, uh, they're going to struggle in those situations, and uh, we kind of think that. Florida, to me, continues to be, uh, you know, they they got they got completely robbed of winning that game against Carolina. You couldn't have dominated the game more than Florida did against Carolina the other night, which is why I also said earlier that I thought Nadelkovich is starting to come come around. He was in net uh, for uh, Carolina uh, in that game where he had to face over 40 shots uh, from the Panthers. So uh, Florida deserved a better fate. Now with the two losses in a row, a good spot for them and a, definitely a beatable opponent uh, to bounce back. Uh, Tampa Bay and Chicago next up. We've got the Lightning minus 210 road favorites, total five and a half, six across the board here. Now, this is fascinating. This is why you have to compartmentalize and break seasons into segments, break teams into segments here. We know early in the season, Chicago faced Tampa Bay and they got drilled. You know, they got their teeth kicked in in those games. But Chicago then is not Chicago now. Chicago now is a pretty decent hockey team right now. They're playing good. Patrick Kane is in the MVP conversation. He's been marvelous. Uh, they're getting great, you know, Pew Suter, ter- terrific. Kubalik's gotten it going. DeBrinket's having a bounce back offensive season. And even defensively, they're holding up well enough. Lankinen's been a bit of a revelation in net for the Blackhawks. It's going to be a much tougher Chicago to beat this time around for Tampa. Now, Tampa's just on a complete roll right now. It's tough to stand in their way, but you're talking about minus 210 here on the road. Chicago's been a good home team this year. On the road against Chicago, they already beat up Chicago pretty good. There's that little pit in my gut, gut feel that I want to I want to sprinkle on the Blackhawks here. I really I, I can I'm considering it. It's plus 190 in some spots, plus 185 at least at the majority of books with Chicago. I think this is one night where you know this could be Trap City. I think if you like Tampa Bay and Chicago is playing. Look, you want to be playing Tampa Bay when you've got some confidence, when you think your game is in a good enough place where you can challenge and threaten a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think Chicago might be in that zone right now. If obviously we know Basilevsky's been awesome, and it's not going to be easy to beat him with how good he has been for the Lightning, especially of late. But yeah, for me, this is this is take a shot with Chicago, uh, a small shot. It won't be more than that. But for me, it's take a shot with Chicago here or pass the game. I think Tampa Bay, you know, in this spot here, you know, when they played 
a bunch of games with the Carolinas and the Floridas and the and a rematch and that with Dallas and the Stanley Cup Finals rematch. Now you're playing Chicago, you know, and, and it could be a little bit of a different story for them. Although you could also look at it and say Tampa's well aware of the surprise that Chicago's been this year, and maybe they want to send a little message that, hey, not on our watch. This surprise story is going to be uh, – we're going to close the book on that surprise story tonight. So – Fascinating game. I can't wait to watch. This is one of the games I'm most looking forward to watching, but my lean is to Chicago here. Alex, how do you think your Blackhawks do tonight? Big matchup here with the defending champs. Yeah, it's a huge matchup. Obviously, we got the Hawks, you know, just three points behind Tampa for the division lead, and they play this is the first of, of three games uh, tonight, tomorrow, and then Saturday uh, afternoon. So this is a, a huge, you know, spot for the Hawks right now. If they want to make a, a run at, you know, being a playoff team or hell, even trying to win the division, it starts with this game right here. But uh, it's what I'm going to stay away from. I might look at playing this in game. Uh, he said the price is awfully high. If, if, if it wasn't for the fact that Tampa was playing so well right now, they're, you know, one on five game win streak, they've scored 17 goals in that span. Uh, I would definitely be all over Chicago in, in this spot because they're rested. They've been playing well. Lincoln and starting in that uh, he's been the guy that's been carrying this team uh, throughout the year. But this the way that this, you know, like I said, Chicago's better now than they were at the beginning of the season. But so is Tampa Bay. Uh, so if, if both those teams improve from what we saw, obviously, in the beginning of January, that still means Tampa's still got a lot more speed and skill overall. Uh, to win this hockey game. So I'm going to watch it for sure and maybe play something in game. But I, like I said, if I had to play a side right now, I would lean towards Chicago. Yeah, definitely. Tampa Bay has just been awesome. It's never easy to go uh, against this bunch, but uh, yeah, they, they're feeling it right now. Uh, does the game go over the total? It might, you know, five and a half in some spots. That's kind of interesting. Now that it's down like six, I wasn't going to get involved, but it's dropped down to five and a half this total. In a lot of spots, it's kind of leaning that way because you look at Tampa, they've had, they played Dallas. Okay. Dallas can't put puck in the ocean right now. And a lot of low scoring games with them. I get it. Uh, but now, you know, Chicago is going to go up and down the ice a little bit more. Could see the game bit going over the total. Uh, that's definitely another lean I would have in this one. Uh, Jimmy, uh, how do you see it going here? Lightning Hawks. See, I'm going the other way on the over-under on the total there. And just because uh, look at Vasilevsky right now. I mean, he's, I think he's reaching, uh, some record numbers in terms of a shutout streak right now yep. for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, he's been lights out. And, yeah, maybe they're not playing the you know the most high-scoring teams right now, but you can't take away what he's doing there. Um, so just for the sole sake of his goaltending and Lankinen for Chicago, who's been great, uh, I like the under in this. But it is interesting to see it at five-and-a-half. And, you know, you look at the board today, it's a lot more five-and-a-halves than where we've been used to in, uh, in the last couple of weeks. So uh, I, I think that's a little interesting trend to keep an eye on. Yeah, scoring is, uh, you know, slowed up, slowed down a little bit uh, in recent games. That's definitely uh, got something to do with it as well, no doubt. Columbus, and speaking of Dallas, Dallas, they're hosting Columbus. We've got the uh, Stars, minus 150 home favorites, five and a half, the total shaded to the under. You know, I said this with our boy Morency last night on his show, uh, the late night show. Uh, what is Dallas doing laying minus 150 right now? Uh, with the way they're playing. Like, what are they doing laying this price? I mean, they can't put a puck in the ocean. They miss Sagan and Radulov. Nobody else can get anything going offensively. Uh, defensively, they've been taking a little bit of a step back. But right now, the big problem is they don't generate anything. Like, it's not only they're not scoring. It's a, it's a trying endeavor to get a thrust of offensive zone time right now for this Dallas Stars team. You know, that's the issue or get a, a decent chance, a decent opportunity for crying out loud on the net is a is a chore right now uh, for the Dallas Stars. 
I'm on Columbus here, and the one thing I like about Columbus, okay, they beat up Detroit. Detroit's awful. I get it. That's not showing me much of anything. But John Tortorella went to the media and said, I feel good about the job security. He sort of calmed the waters a little bit uh, with the uh, speculation and the team struggling. And he says, I'm going to keep it up. I believe in the guys. You know, I'm going to keep coaching them the way I think it's best. You know, I believe in our group. You know, we did it last year. We did it two years ago. Playoff teams both years. Uh, I believe we can get this thing going again. And sure enough, now it was Detroit. I get it. That's the always the caveat here in this little uh diatribe of mine that it was Detroit that they beat up the other night but that's a good positive it wasn't just that they beat Detroit they they put the boots to them it's a good sign it's Dallas that I don't trust them as favorites right now I think it's maybe a little momentum and confidence back in the Columbus dressing room getting that win under their belt and you can't tell me that they can't maybe they don't but they you can't tell me that there's absolutely no way they can, they can go in there to Dallas and get this victory tonight with how the stars are struggling to find any sort of offense so for me, it's Columbus plus 130 uh, in this game. Would lean under as well. It's hard to bet Dallas over. Lean in the under with the under as well, but I'm on the uh, Blue Jackets here at plus 130. Alex, what are your what are your thoughts here? Columbus, Dallas. Yeah, I want nothing to do with this game at all. He said, you know, <laughs> Dallas has been in a, in a complete free fall. Uh, you know, we, we saw, you know, Columbus finally get a win, uh, but that was against Detroit. Like I said, you know, was nothing to really write home about. So these two teams, uh, seem to be trending downward. Maybe even take a shot with the regulation draw. I wouldn't be shocked to see this would uh, possibly be one one or two two after sixty minutes. But I'm just gonna pass it. Yeah, as that game went along against Tampa, yeah, they, they did get a little bit more chances, and Vasilevsky had to make some good saves. The course, the early part of the game, though, it was like they they were just. It's like there was a force field or a you know or just some brick wall at the opponent blue line, and they were barely able to penetrate it and get past it. Uh, they finally did in the third period, but uh, yeah, to me, there's there's just not a lot of confidence. And when your old team is just struggling with confidence and scoring, it makes you difficult in this kind of price range to be uh, trustworthy as chalk. Uh, what do you think here, Jimmy? Columbus, Dallas. Yeah, I'm going to do another under here, guys. I guess I'm uh, I'm just under under the influence of unders today, my friends. I I don't know. It, it just it, the, both these teams struggling right now, but you know, I, I think that the way Dallas is playing, they're, they're desperate, they're scrappy. They're going to tighten up defensively. That's usually what teams do when they're really trying to turn things around. They pay attention to the simple things, the basics, they go back to that. So that's why I see more of a tight defensive game. So give me the under here. All right. Next up, we've got Ottawa Calgary. We've got the flames minus 185 home favorites, total six shaded to the under in this one. Uh, not a good three games for Calgary and Ottawa. They only won one of the three, uh, sandwiched in between a couple of losses. Uh, the game where David Riddick gives up a, a half clapper from the uh, center ice line uh, in the first game of the three. They lose that one. They do bounce back on Saturday, uh, but then they fall right back and lose on Monday night to the uh, uh, Senators again. And this Calgary team is just uh, not a team I'm looking to lay a price with. Let's put it that way. <laughs> at minus 180 here in this game. Now, I do know there's a lot of people that like Calgary here. It's, you know, they've been off. Since that Monday loss to Ottawa, whereas Ottawa had to play against Montreal on Tuesday, the next night, and now Montreal's flying out, or Ottawa, I should say, is flying out to Calgary, third game in four nights. It's a scheduling and situational edge for Calgary. But that still doesn't mean I'm laying minus 185 with them. I'm not. I think if you like Calgary, it's got to be puck line or bust. But can you trust them to win by margin against anybody right now either? I can't. The one thing about Ottawa is they're scrappy. They're, they seem to hang around in every game. Even the Montreal game the other night, 
That was a pretty bad scheduling spot. And there they are right in that game, two to one. It became three to one with an empty net goal. But there they are, one shot away from tying that game late in the third period, uh, this Ottawa team. Uh, Batherson's been great. Kachuk's been great. Uh, all their youngsters have played well. Stutzla has always had chances, it seems, every game for them. Shabbat's been a uh, le leading the way on the blue line. The blue line's not good. Erica Branson almost single-handedly said, here you go, Montreal, take the game. Uh, and with his uh, bad defensive play and bad penalties that he took. Uh, other than that, as Jimmy said, they did have a chance to beat Montreal the other night. So this is a game I'm not involved in. It's a pass. But it's just for me right now. Better beware with Calgary at the, in this game price. Uh, Alex, what are you uh, doing, if anything, here with this game, Senators and Flames? I'm not going to play it, but this is definitely one where if you do like Calgary, I would say wait uh, for something in game. That 190 will go down uh, tremendously if these two teams don't do anything. Which I, that's kind of how I would expect this game to start mm -hmm. off a bit slower paced. So you can probably get a better price uh, money line in game than you can right now. Uh, he said you can't trust in the win by margin and regulation could be a bit dicey as well. Cause I can see these two teams, uh, you know, playing close late. If they're, you know, tied and playing close late could easily go into OT. So that's the only recommendation I would give, but I like that. I don't like that. There's other spots. I like more than this game tonight. All right, Jimmy, what are you thinking here? Ottawa versus Calgary. Well, just note too, in case our uh, viewers and listeners haven't seen uh, Darren Drager reporting the last hour, Sam Bennett is a healthy scratch coach's decision. Just to note that for the Calgary flames, Got a feeling he might not be a Calgary Flame by the end of this week. Uh, just a hunch. Um, so you look at this. I mean, I kind of look at this as Calgary being in the same spot that Montreal was in against Ottawa uh, that last game. They played them there. It's a must win for them. I mean, let's face it, guys. This team is completely underachieved. Uh, people are giving up on them up in Calgary. Uh, you know, people are starting to say, you know what? They're Mirage. They, they didn't they didn't do what they need to do in the offseason. So I, I look at this as really a gut check game. Uh, for the Calgary Flames, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to give them a Jimmy Puck line here, and I'm also going to take the under on this. Two official plays here. Um, I think they clamp it down. I like the way Ottawa's been playing defensively as well. Uh, they've been getting goaltending both from Mario and now this kid to Cord. So I see, uh, you know, not too many goals in this, but this is a gut check game for Calgary. They got to win it. I think they will, like Montreal did the other night. And they get and they do get the huge boost of Jacob Markstrom being back tonight for the uh, Calgary Flames as well, which is definitely uh, going to help. Uh, you know, David Riddick had a couple games there where he kind of shocked us with you know brilliant goaltending, but he also uh, didn't shock us with some shitty goaltending uh, yeah. on occasion in the last few games as well. So uh, they're happy. To marbles too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, headbutting doors. Yeah, that's. A <laughs> give yourself permanent brain damage that way. Yeah. Uh, nevertheless, yeah, definitely uh, funny to see his antics when things don't go well uh, for David Riddick. That's for sure. Yeah, it's him just him and would be a cool tandem, huh? Yeah, exactly. Which what team, which guy can spaz out and wig Maybe out? The, 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 crack, the crack and sign both of them and they, and they crack every game. There you go. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would, yeah, that would be crack a Cracked up in, not cracked, in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. cracked up. Yeah, well, I need a coffee. Sorry, guys. No, that's all right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Seattle. Uh, of course, don't forget, guys. They're coming into the league next season. Seattle uh, cracking. By the way, Seattle cracking. Kudos to them. They they brought in a really good guy as their television voice, Johnny Forsland, who got blackballed. He's and, great. Uh, out of Carolina. Uh, that was that was absolutely pathetic. That their cheap 
ass buggers in Carolina that didn't pay, that didn't re renegotiate the contract with yeah. John Forslund there, who does a great job. Hey, hey, what do you say? And that's hockey, baby. And you hear all these uh, great quotes. He does a really, really good job. He's you know he's a really solid hockey announcer. And uh, see him get the job in Seattle. Uh, they've got a good tandem now, television and radio. Forslund and Everett Fitzhugh. Uh, they're going to be uh, definitely uh, a really good tandem there uh, in Seattle for their uh, games next year. So congrats to John Forslund. Well-deserved. Got a raw deal with Carolina. And I think he's still kind of hurt uh, by how it ended there. He was, he was with that franchise since the mid-90s. Hell, he was with them when they were still in Hartford, you know, in yeah. the mid-90s. That's when he started. He was that. there when Pierre Maguire coached there. Yeah. That's how long ago he was there. <laughs> That's why he's always about it last night. Yeah. Yeah, they were talking about it last night on the, uh, on the broadcast of the Bruins yep. cap. So. Yeah, they have a history. You're right. John Forslund's first year at Hartford Whalers television voice, Pierre Maguire was the head coach of the yep. Hartford Whalers that year. And, man, Pierre got the Whalers when they were just in a world of hurt. They oh, were just yeah. in a hockey team at all. And Sean Burke went down, I think, with an injury yep. that year too. And yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, those, so. th those were the last couple of years before they moved to uh, – Carolina, and it was rough for that franchise, no question. Oh, guys, I have some stories. Another time, another place, I'll tell you stories. <laughs> Going games at the old Civic Center in Hartford, man, because it was only – it's like an hour, hour and 15 tops from Boston, guys, if you just go down the pike and then you get on 84. Mm -hmm. um, and it, the, the tickets were maybe at least 50% cheaper to go to a, a oh, Bruins-Whalers wow. game in Hartford than it was to go at the old Boston Garden because it's right. just got better. Yeah, so especially then when they put the new place up. So it – it was a good time. We had a lot of a lot of wars in the stands. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 the environment for those Hartford games because I remember I was eight years ten eight years old at the time watching the early nineties Whalers when yeah. they had a couple like they had first round exits. They really didn't get beyond that in the playoffs. But the when they when I saw a rare playoff game in Hartford, it was a good atmosphere uh, for those games. I, I wonder there. if any any of our viewers can tell us what the uh, the theme song was when they scored yeah. a goal. Oh for yeah, for Hartford. We know it. It's, it's a yeah, good should, I'll, I'll give that a little. Be. Let's see if they get it here. Yeah. Howie Meeker. Yeah. Golly G. Yeah. Golly <laughs> G. Liz. Yeah. Recently passed away, of course, uh, Howie Meeker. But uh, he lived a hell of a life. Good life. Long life. Uh, no question. So, yeah, that's kind of amazing. You know, Forslund, first year announcer there. Pierre Maguire, head coach of the Hartford Whalers that same season. And, yep. and now here they are working television together uh, for NBC. Uh, sports network on a lot of games. So uh, pretty interesting uh, uh, parallel there. Next up, final game. Uh, here we are, Leafs and Canucks. Leafs in action again tonight after uh, finishing off just a pillar to post uh, shellacking, uh, essentially, the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Toronto minus 160 road favorites, total six and a half here, uh, shaded to the over in this game. Now, this is one of those games where I think everything's on the table from a goaltending standpoint for the Leafs. Do you see Freddie again on the second night of back-to-backs, or do they tread it cautiously with him just coming back from injury? Is Jack Campbell ready to come back from the uh, recent injury he had? We don't know that. If he is, you might see him. And if they don't want to put Freddie in on a back-to-back -back off his injury, and if Jack's not ready to go, you could see Michael Hutchinson in net tonight for the Leafs. So it could go a bunch of different ways with who's in net for them uh, against Vancouver. This has the makings of a potential – look, I, I, I am not betting against it, Toronto, it. but it's got that feel <laughs> to it, doesn't it? That after just oh, beating yeah. the crap out of Edmonton three games in a row, dominating them, here's that just lay an egg 
lay yep. an egg here against Vancouver. It's got that feel to it. Problem is Vancouver's not any good. They're terrible right now, but yeah. they did beat Winnipeg. Don't forget that. They did beat Winnipeg, that first of the two against the Jets. But, boy, I just can't get there. I, as much as this is not the spot I'm looking at back Toronto, I can't get there with Vancouver. They're just so they, – and they just got destroyed by Toronto in every game that they played uh, against the Leafs earlier this season in Toronto. And they're just playing too well. They're just playing too well, Toronto. So, But for me, it would be Vancouver passes. But it just – I don't have as much – I don't have the confidence I need in Vancouver that, hey, they can beat this Leaf team playing at the level they're playing right now. I just can't. So pass for me. Maybe I get on the over because I think now Toronto, they got Matthews back. Their offense, you know, came to life last night. Vancouver is probably going to struggle to defend them. And if it is Hutchinson in net, there's a chance Vancouver could get on the board. So if Hutchinson's in net, maybe I look over the total here uh, of six and a half. Uh, Alex, any thoughts here? Leafs, Canucks. No, I would lean with anything with Toronto team total over. I mean, they've absolutely destroyed the Canucks the last five meetings. And like you said, the way they got their offense rolling now, uh, they could easily carry that momentum over from that Edmonton series right into this game tonight. So uh, I'll stay away from it, but it's just a lean with Leafs team total over. All right, just a lean to the Leaf team total over three and a half in this one. Uh, Jimmy, uh, what are your thoughts here with uh, Toronto and Vancouver? Is this, is this like Colorado-San Jose for Monday night all over again? It is. And by the way, they're they're rolling in with the brass bonanza. Great job, guys, there in the chat room. Uh, they know their stuff. I knew you guys would get that fast. Great tune. Um, you know, yes and no. You know what I mean? Like, I'm with you, Ian. It, it does. It it. it if there was ever a spot for a letdown, this is it right now. And and everyone would forgive the Leafs after what they just did in Edmonton. I mean, they'd be like, whatever, just mail it in. Who cares? Um, but I I I worry about it because of what you said, because of who Vancouver is, and because of how good the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing right now and how good they become. Um, so for that reason, I think they come out and they have a slow start. Uh, but there's a good chance maybe, you know, you bet it live, they get back into the game. But I will and I'm going to make this my best play. Uh, give me the Vancouver Canucks regulation line in the first period. You can get some really good value on it. You catch the guys coming in. They probably had a couple pops on the plane last night celebrating. They just swept Connor McDavid. Might be a little slow in the first period. So give me the Canucks in the first period. And I would be almost so far as to lean to Leafs to actually end up winning the game. But I like the Canucks to come out strong. All right, so that is basically Canucks first period here for uh, Jimmy in this yep. to get the job done, and that's not that's not money line first period either. No. That's like the half goal. That's yep. laying the half goal for them to have the lead in the game after the first twenty minutes. Uh, that's what Jimmy is looking at here uh, in this uh, game between the uh, Leafs and Canucks. So, and that you're right, that price of that is uh, pretty damn good. Uh, you look at the uh, first period here, alternative. Uh, puck line here, or first period, yeah, alternative. Uh, you're looking at, uh, wow, yeah, plus 225 in some spots. Mm -hmm. uh, you like Vancouver to take the lead into the first intermission. That's how that cash. And then I, and then I totally see Toronto as the game goes on. Toronto wear them down, and they and they end up beating them. That's how I think it will go. That's the, the, there, There's a lot of good – that's a good thought. That That's yeah. a good strategy to go with because you're right. You would think Vancouver could be at its best in the first period. Toronto could be at its most vulnerable and – Maybe it's flattest, I guess you could say, in the first period. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so if you cash that first period, that reverse puck line, then you could easily take, you know, uh, part of that, you know, and, and go with Toronto money line or, or even Toronto to score next, as to say, if it's a, you know, one nothing lead. So, there's a win, many ways. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. ways to, to attack that. Yeah. Yep. 
And that's the great thing about this show. We don't just stick to money line and total. We'll, we'll talk first periods. We'll talk, you know, props. Uh, we'll do a bunch of that here on this show. Yeah. We'll give you different alternative forms and methods of betting. You, you don't just, you don't always have to stick to the standard money line and totals. You can go first period. You can go first goal score. You can go with some props. Uh, there's different ways uh, to go about trying to make profit. Uh, and that's one of the great things about the uh, betting marketplace on a daily basis. Great stuff. Great discussion. That's the Thursday NHL card as we've gone through every single game on the board. Before we get to best bets, we'll remind you, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, sign up for an account. You'll get a deposit bonus. You'll get insider deals, exclusive deals. You'll get bet boosts as well in your DraftKings Sportsbook app for certain games. You've got all kinds of incentives if you indeed download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code THPN. That will get you all of those uh, ex uh, extra special deals uh, if you use DraftKings. And again, the promo code THPN. All right, great stuff. Best bet time. Uh, let's see what we've got. Lots to choose from with 10 games on this Thursday card. Alex, what have you got for best bet? We'll go with the Florida Panthers in regulation plus the dollar five. Like I said, this is a, a Nashville team, uh, you know, absolutely struggling, you know, as far as special team goals, you can't trust their goaltending worth anything. Uh, and I think Florida's going to be able to get a ton of shots off and, and should be able to win this one easily. So the Florida Panthers plus one Oh five in regulation. That's my best bet. All right. Panthers in regulation. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, Florida Panthers in regulation, plus 105 for uh, Alex B. Smith. That's my Panthers sound for those of you that aren't watching us right now. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think and are listening to us, I should say, on the podcast? Well, I guess uh, that's going to be my, my first period there with the uh, Vancouver Canucks in the first period reg uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. Give me that. And um, I'll tell you, too, guys, if you want a soccer bet, and I'm not just – you know I'm objective. You guys know I don't bet with my heart. But today, I, I'm feeling a Liverpool win. It's coming up at 3.15. Uh, they're playing Chelsea. They need this. Their season is essentially on the line. So uh, if you want a little extra money before you head into the uh, the hockey betting, take the Reds today. Uh, and another one of my soccer guys said both of these teams need the points in that soccer match with Chelsea and Liverpool. So expect a cagey, tight, lower-scoring game as well. I th he likes the under, uh, two-and-a-half goals in That's that a game. That's all too. Uh, as, we'll a, as a West Ham United fan, I need a draw in that game, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> you might get it, man. You might get it. Yeah, there you Good go. Season. And by the way, that's awesome. You're West Ham. They've had a yeah. hell of a season. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, just the fact yeah. that they're even close to possibly yeah. off every Champions League is a miracle. Not a bad year for you, two, your, your, your two teams, the Blackhawks, nobody gave them any chance coming in, and they've been a yep. surprise. So, yeah. No. Yeah. That's good stuff. It's uh, everything's coming up. Alex B. Uh, right now with his, uh, <laughs> not all of them, but the White Sox coming up. Wow, what yeah. a season they've yeah. got! Yeah. I, I can't wait for baseball. If guys. they can get yeah, some so pitching, fun. if they can cobble together Giolito and Keuchel and yeah. uh, and, uh, Lynn, and some of these guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they're yeah, they might be my band, my team. I jump on because the other Sox are going to really suck. You know what's funny? The parallels <laughs> with the White Sox and the Jays. The White Sox and Blue Jays coming into the season are so similar. They can yeah. they're gonna beat the tar out of the baseball. Yeah, and these oh, yeah. lineups of both of these teams are gonna be incredible, but can they get pitching? They're starting pitching right. with both of these teams. Is that's where the question mark is. So uh, it's going to be fun to see uh, how that goes with uh, baseball. But yeah, Alex, yeah. a big White Sox fan uh, as well, and uh, obviously expectations raised for them this year. So uh, Florida regulation for Alex. Vancouver minus a half goal plus two twenty five in the first period for uh, Jimmy, uh, and my best bet is going to be I'm going to go with the 
Philadelphia Flyers here, minus 120 against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And I was trepidatious about going against the Flyers the other night, first game without Crosby. And sure enough, Pittsburgh rises up. This is a chance for the Flyers to have the response tonight. Again, they're a much healthier hockey team. I think that's going to help them uh, going into this game. they got all their key forwards back for the most part. And I think they have a good performance tonight. Bounce back effort against Pittsburgh. We'll go with the Flyers. Philly, minus 120 against Pittsburgh. Uh, that is my best bet for this Thursday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. A great show. Thanks to everyone for watching us live on YouTube. And if you can't watch us live on YouTube, listen to us by downloading the podcast version of the Ice Guys on all major podcast providers. We're here seven days a week, giving you every single game in the NHL from a betting perspective. For Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of The Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.